listening to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. Uh, How are you on this lovely post-Labor Day week? Oh, that's right. It's like September, dude. I know. I, I feel like... We were just super excited about like getting special ops going and getting the season started and all the cool things we were going to do. And we've done quite a few of those things, and now it's September. <laughs> like I know. How does that happen? That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, but that means that the um, while the weather over the Labor Day weekend was lovely and it's now a million degrees, that means uh, fall weather is coming, which means that hockey is coming. Which means, yeah. which means that playoff baseball is coming. Eep. And we're pretty sure about that this time around. Yes, we, <laughs> we kind of are. Yeah, which is, which is a nice place to be at this point. It's, it's a little less uh, uh, bedwetting, as the Keeping It 1600 guys would put it, because I just nice. finished listening to that show. Uh, so, yeah, how you been? I've been all right. Um, kind of ready for the season to wind its way down and i really feel like i'm i'm struggling to keep focus with the season right now i think we're Mm -hmm. like in that phase where like the opponents aren't particularly interesting and there are 400 people on the roster and you you know which normally as we talked about last week is like is kind of cool you get to see guys that you wouldn't normally see and it's exciting but we've seen all of those guys at some point this year except for uh, i think matt grace and rafael martin basically but other than that, got, uh, got, got, oh yeah. Well, he was on the, he was on the 25 man at the start, wasn't he? I don't believe so. No, I don't he, believe he, we've he seen him all year. Him. Okay. Well then there you go. Um, so yeah, those th- three guys, I think, thanks for remembering him. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's just kind of like, okay, we, we kind of see where this is going and now let's finish it up and start the, start the new October season kind of. Yeah. <laughs> we, we discussed a little bit on the last podcast, how strange, uh, September baseball is compared to the rest of the season and how it's not really like any other month of the season, including playoffs. Um, so it just feels weird. Yeah. Uh, the games are really long, uh, because the managers can do matchups for every single player. Yeah, you can exactly. have right-handed specialist followed by left-handed specialist followed by right-hander followed by lefty. And yep. you know, there are enough pitchers where it's not going to kill your bullpen if you have that happen. So, it's just weird to see it takes forever. You've got teams like the Braves who the Nationals are playing at the beginning of this week who just have been out of it for 4 months. Yeah, they're they're literally actually eliminated. <laughs> It's the beginning of September. I mean, there's like, it's done. It's factually over for them. So there's just no, there's not that much there to be excited about with that matchup. Like, okay, yeah, Dansby Swanson got called up this year, which is cool. So you get to see him hitting inside the park home run the other night. But like, other than that, there's not that much. And you get to see Matt Kemp watch his career go by. Um there's just not much exciting in this kind of matchup, especially when, yeah, you have to win games, but you have to win so few of the, you have to run into so few wins between now and the end of the year to win your division that it really doesn't matter that much. Right. Um, that, to, to watch the day, I am not, I don't watch the day to day win column anyway, but I, 
I, if you asked me what the Nationals' record was over the last three games, I could not tell you. I literally have no idea. Loss, win, win. Okay. Well, good for you. <laughs> but I had no idea. Because it yeah. it's lost that luster for me. And uh, it, it happens when you have a team that's either way out of it or it's already a done deal. And that, you know, luckily the Nationals are on the right side of that this year. Well, the Nationals uh, actually did pass a milestone uh, this week, uh, crossed over the 500 barrier. Um, the uh, I believe they're sitting at, I want to say, 81 wins right now, which for those of you that have been around for as long as Joe and I have as Nats fans, there was none of that for quite some time. I remember when that was like the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Like it was the dream to hit eighty two wins. Eighty two wins in a year was the dream. Yep. So uh crossing that mental barrier is nice for I guess I can say us old time fans. Right. Uh but this is now the national sixth year in a row of being better than five hundred. And I believe I saw a tweet, I think it was uh special ops member uh at Nationals one oh one Frank who said that the Expos did it, I want to say, 12 times in their 35 years, and the Nationals are on their sixth season in a row. Yeah. So uh, getting some really good baseball the last few years out of uh, D.C., and that's always a nice one to uh, get past. When you have a well-run organization, that kind of thing can happen, which is really nice. It, it's, you know, the kind of where the Braves won all of those those division titles in a row. It's nice to be able to get that it, through the 90s, like, it's nice to be able to get that kind of consistency, and that's you know that's what you want out of your franchise. You don't want to not know, like to not know at all what you're coming into. You know you're going to get a pretty good baseball team from the Nationals for the last several years, um, and the front office deserves a hell of a lot of credit for that. Oh, no question. Um, and especially we're looking at a, a team that since 2012 has had one, two, three. This is the fourth manager. Yeah, that's true. With, so, with a bunch of winning teams, which is yeah. crazy. That's a that's a really good point. Yeah, so it's it's good to see passing that uh, eighty-one win mark, uh, keeping it going. The Nationals are virtual locks for the playoffs, as we've discussed. I know the Mets are in an easy portion of their schedule uh, to round out their season, but the math is just not quite there for them anymore. Uh, to be so far back with less than 25 games, it's would really take um, a Rockies-like run from, what was that, 09, 07, something like that. Oh, yeah. A seven, um, I think. Yeah. Uh, and a Nationals collapse like the Mets and Phillies have both, or Braves and Phillies have both had in the past, I guess, eight years. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing is impossible, but things are incredibly unlikely <laughs> right and the nationals are not playing bad baseball right now right they're they're not getting healthy it in at the at right time anthony rendon's hot uh bryce harper has been really good since jonathan papelbon got cut yep steven steven strasberg uh has returned to the nationals now so that's kind of uh uh not saying that everything's going to be fine from here on out but it's at, at least a little bit of weight off of the team off of fans shoulders and the team's and shoulders to know that you're going to have that guy back, which is huge. And just having some fresh arms in the bullpen. Because yeah. the bullpen was effective when they weren't super taxed. But exactly. the last couple weeks of July, they were running on fumes, and it was quite clear. Uh, so just having those, uh, excuse me, a couple weeks of August, I'm sorry. Um, 
they were running on fumes and just having some fresh arms that can carry some of the load exactly uh, makes a huge difference. Well, there was the game that uh, was it Sunday night's game when uh, Lopez started where it ended up being like six, six relief pitchers came in and all of them were call-ups. I think yeah. like it was like uh, got Martin, uh, Matt Grace. Like it was the whole list was, was recent call-ups. So yeah. Yeah. And Dusty Baker's going to be able to do that. And I know we got a question on that topic um, or a statement kind of on that topic that we'll get into when we <clears throat> dig into the questions, but uh, it's being able to do that is significant. Being able to have that leeway to, not only play matchups, but to, yeah, Mark Melanson probably shouldn't be pitching multiple days in a row anymore. Right. <laughs> he should He should probably, and really any of the guys that you plan on throwing in the playoffs probably should not be throwing multiple days in a row anymore when you have 14 guys in your bullpen or whatever, um, whatever the number is. So um, it's, a, it's a good problem for the Nationals to have because they can continue to play guys as we talked about last week, but also rest them appropriately so they're not exhausted by the time beginning of October starts. Absolutely. So, uh, any other things are good things that you want to mention, um, before we move on? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some people that are good. Yeah. Can we start with Trey Turner? <laughs> well, by all means, because that guy's real good. Uh, he is. I, I don't want to, uh, undersell it, uh, or oversell it. But he might be the best player of all time. Wow. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not I'm overselling make, it. I'm making a joke. Uh, but he's, I mean, I think he's certainly better at this point than either of us thought. Is that, am I, am I speaking accurately? Um, For you at I'm, least? I'm not sure. Probably, definitely better, but not that much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think. I that, expected him to be a 300 to 310 hitter. Um, with wicked speed. I did not think he would adjust to center field as well as he has. Yep. Uh, and I know that you mentioned earlier the Dansby Swanson inside the park home run um, from Tuesday night's game. Yeah. But that that's And that was happen. real ugly. <laughs> yeah, it was ugly, but that's going to happen. Sure. That's going to happen. And when you've got a player like Dansby, you know, he's fast. And it if the ball had been hit five more feet towards center field, it would have been an outside of the park home run. Yeah, right. It bounced off a quirky wall that Trey Turner has played in front of, what, 12 times? Yeah, not that many times. So um, he's doing better than expected. But, I mean, I was gonna, I was looking for a, uh, a good hitter with wicked speed. And so far he's been just that. Uh, his defense has been... The, probably the most impressive and the power. Yeah, it's okay, got so some pop. I expected the contact to be there. I expected the speed to be there. I don't. Need, I don't even know that I realized quite how good the speed was going to be. I mean, I knew it was going to be really good. Um, but he might be the fastest player in baseball. Um, yeah. And, uh, but the power was really surprising to me. I, not saying he couldn't hit for power. Anybody in Major League Baseball could hit for power. Ben Revere has a few home runs this year, and he never has home runs. Um, yeah. But. He there was a, there was a pit, he consistently makes deep hard contact um, when he's not just finding gaps all over the place. I mean it's the the diversity with which he's hitting is really impressive, and that's what's impressing me the most about a guy who has less than a hundred major league plate appearances. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean it's it's really impressive. Um, Obviously, the challenge is going to be once pitchers start to adjust. 
uh, towards him, and then he'll have to adjust, and it's the game that you play in baseball, and that's just what's going to happen. He's going to struggle eventually, but right now he's just on fire, and a lot of these plays, uh, he's got, he's in the fielder's heads. Oh, yeah, for sure. so many errors. People people are aware of his speed already. Um. And he's only been in the league. And I was wrong. He he has 218 plate appearances coming into the recording of this podcast, actually, this year. Which is way more than I thought uh, yeah. he did. But still, that's it's a small sample at the major league level. Um, so, uh, Trey Turner, definitely, uh, he is kind of, I wouldn't say saved the national season, but he's had a huge impact. Well, I, I think about what the, the Nationals had in 2014 and we're missing in 2015 in Denard Spann um, is that kind of guy. When you have a catalyst at the top of your lineup that's getting on base at a 350-plus clip and has some speed that could be dangerous. Now, Spann didn't have much base-stealing speed, but he was good on the bases, and he was on base all the time. So when you have that, it makes everything the guys after them are doing very different because you have a guy on base you have a pitcher pitching out of the stretch to you and it changes the entire perspective of at bats so turner has come up and kind of been what the nationals have been missing since they've missed the nards band basically since 2014 since he missed almost the entirety of 2015 with injury yeah and it was pretty clear at the time that ben revere and michael a taylor were not getting the job done oh yeah oh i mean the understatement of the century, I think. Yeah. I mean, they just... It, it, I don't know how the season would look at this point without Trey Turner. And I think that is the ultimate point of how surprised I am with how good he's been. Because without Trey Turner in that lineup and you relying on Ben Revere or or uh, Michael Taylor to hit first or be in the lineup with regularity during this year and not have Trey Turner up there and then be moving Revere and... God knows who in the leadoff spot. This looks like a really different season, I think, at this point. Even even with the small bit of sample that we have from uh, from Trey Turner. Yeah. So, so Trey Turner, uh, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, number one in the uh, things are good department. Um, Anthony Rendon. Yeah. He's been playing like something else right now. He is uh, playing like the player from what was it, two thousand. 13? I think it was 13. That was a long time ago, and he's playing like that player, at least for the past uh, three, four 14. weeks. 14. 14, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Anthony Rendon's been fantastic, and he's really come alive here in the second half of the season, uh, and it's coinciding very, very nicely with uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah, it, it, with Bryce Harper's been insane. I just want to really quick uh, talk the, with uh, Rendon. His second half, the first half, he hit two, uh, 254, which respectable number for a third baseman. Uh, uh, second half, 315. He's yeah. Been, he's been hitting 315. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, with, uh, I think he hit his either 17th or 18th home run yeah. uh, on Tuesday night's game. Nice. So try not to lose that bet again. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but going to lose that bet again. And through the, <laughs> probably. Through the, oh, first, yeah. through the first half of the season, um, the, his weighted runs created plus was literally league average. One, he was 100. Second half, 140, 146. Keeping it 146. Exactly. So yeah, he's, it, he's, been, he's really turned it around. It's been a really nice second half. Uh, and 
Uh, like I mentioned earlier, since Jonathan Papelbon got cut, uh, Bryce Harper. Yeah. He is uh, looking like Bryce Harper again. Yeah, he's he's looking a lot more comfortable. It's still, I'll be honest, when I watch him, it still looks a little like he's still nursing something. The worst kept secret yeah. in Nettstown is that he has got a shoulder that is barking. Yeah. And, and I would assume... It's probably his left one. Yeah, right. Because that's where all the power is coming exactly. from. Exactly. He's got nothing in the, on the backside. It's just, it kind of just looks like he's throwing his bat through the zone a little bit. And just watch him up close. Uh, if you uh, get an Exmo of Bryce Harper, if he swings through a pitch and misses it uh, without stepping in the bucket, which he's been doing a lot. Yeah. Um, if he actually does the you know standard Bryce Harper uh, controlled violent swing that we love so, so very dearly. Um, watch him wince. Yeah. Cause he winces every time. Yeah. He feel, he's feeling it real good. So, uh, his, he got a little break, little two week vacation. Yeah. Came back, uh, feeling a little better, a little bit better. Don't know if he had the magical, uh, Ryan Zimmerman cortisone shot. Yeah, exactly. Or not, but, uh, something seemed to uh, get itself in the right place, and he looks like a completely different player uh, since that happened. Yeah, so. you, his his July numbers were so incredibly bad. You know what he hit in July? 180? 176. Yeah. Nailed it. That's pretty good. Uh, with a weighted runs created plus of 66. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's going to be terrible. Yeah, I mean, so 34% below league average. I mean, he was an incredibly poor offensive player in through July. And then August, he's been... He, August, he was good. And then through early in September, he's kept up basically the August pace, even even a little bit better. Um but I mean that his, that July his was... average is is hovering. I believe it's around three hundred for the last couple of weeks. His uh, slugging numbers are vastly improved. His on base has been good all year. He's I think his yearly on base is somewhere around three eighty five, which is insane. Uh, He's he... got Joey Votto like numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he does for sure. I, I, like two sixty, three eighty five. You know. Yeah, th- he's a. Th- 383 coming into today on base percentage. I am on it. Yeah, you've got tonight. your numbers today. Um, but just his, his uh, you're, and you're also right about the, the last few weeks and his August and September numbers combined, uh, both numbers, or, or both numbers, uh, batting averages are above 300 um, through this, the beginning of September, hitting over 350 at this point. So uh, he's feeling a little bit, but he, it just seems like the power numbers are going to be down, like you said, because something doesn't quite seem to be right. But right. Uh, he could do a lot more than just hit home runs at this point in the year. Uh, just needs to stay healthy for a few, several more weeks, I should say. Yeah. Uh, uh two months. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's do one more, uh, things are good, good person. Yeah. Who you got? Uh, cause I know who I got. You, you go. I don't have anybody else at the, it, off the top of my head. Uh, dare say might be the NL Cy Young. Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Yeah. He's, he, after all of his tough starts, he was kind of the way I was leaning, but I didn't want to say it without looking at numbers because I'm that guy. Um, but yeah, he looks like he's, he's got it figured out a little bit. Yeah. I think the only thing right now standing in between Max Scherzer and MVP or MVP, excuse me, Cy Young is Clayton Kershaw coming back Friday and dominating in his last four starts. 
Yeah, you think that's all it is? I huh? think that's I, th- I think that's the only thing standing in between Max Scherzer and uh, a Cy Young. The only other person I would consider, uh, probably Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, Cinder- he's been really, really good. He was the he's guy been, yeah. that I was going to say. Um, but Syndergaard and Fernandez are really I'm, – I'm, those, are, those are the top three uh, in the National League and ones, well, in baseball as far as wins above replacement go, or Syndergaard, Fernandez, and Scherzer. Um, they're all within about half a, half a win of each other. Yeah. So I think when you look close. at Scherzer's peripherals, I think that's where he just takes well, off. He, he still, with a, almost a month of baseball left, has 30 more innings pitched than those guys. Yeah, and uh, that's 30, 35 innings more, more pitched than either of those guys. Right. Um, that's going to be a huge difference because those are, you know, they're Fernandez coming off of Tommy John surgery, Syndergaard hitting the, being on the disabled list this year. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. So, and the rest of the peripherals are all pretty similar, but when you're throwing 35, 40 innings more a year, Scherzer on September, uh, September 7th is already almost at 200 innings for the year. So, uh, since you've been so efficient looking at numbers, uh, Max Scherzer has given up what, 50% of the home runs in the second half that he gave up in the first half? Ooh. Something crazy like that? Let me look. He has not been giving up the long ball like he did Well, that was the season. thing you always worry about. We talked about it last week with Anthony Rendon. Um, with He had that rough start, so people are going to be less likely to pay attention uh, to when he finally figures it out. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> in the first half, Max Scherzer gave up 21 home runs. Mm-hmm. Second half, I'll give you a guess. Uh, eight, five, five. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like literally 20% of what he gave up in the first half that, and so you, you always worry, like I was saying that people won't realize that things have turned around so hugely after that. But I don't, I think when it's so drastic as it's been with Scherzer, um, I think that people will look, people can easily look as a team is pushing towards October and you look at what he's done pitching and you go, all right, he's probably, he's probably the real deal. Yeah. So he's uh, turning it on at the right moment. Uh, Things are going well. Uh, One more honorable mention uh, in the bullpen. Uh, You know who I'm going to say? I hope you're going to say Mark Mark Melanson. I'm not going to say Melanson. Wow. He's been really good. He's been very good. He's been very, he's very, been very good. He's really been exactly. Good. He's been boring, but he's been fantastically that, that's, good. That's the whole uh, point. <laughs> boring. I want a I know, boring closer. I know we got a question on it, so we can save it for later. But Coda. Oh yeah, yeah. Good find. Good, good yeah. call on Coda as well. Yeah, we can we can touch that when we get to questions yes, a little bit. But um, those of you that are the sky is falling Twitter, uh, it's okay. Calm yeah, down. It's gonna be fine. Nationals are eight and a half games. I'm sorry, eight games up as the time at the time we are recording this podcast. Um. Things are good. Things are very good. Yes. yes Things are looking very good in Nats Town. And th- consistently good. And that's, I think, um, the benefit that the Nationals have right now. Yes, there was a period where it was very close between the Mets and the Nationals early on in the year. Um, but the Nationals have been consistently playing baseball since April. Yes. Um, even when guys like Harper just couldn't figure it out. Um, they really, and, and the bullpen was struggling and things, things went well and that's what you want. You want a, a resilience. And I think that's what the nationals have shown all year. And that's a good sign. Absolutely. Things are good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, all right. Well, anything else? Uh, do you want to talk about 40 man at all? 
We got. Or do you want to? Oh, we, we got so many good questions a, a about ton, the stuff we want to talk. Exactly. About. We like. I wanted to talk about Forty Man, but we got. I think we have multiple questions about Forty Man stuff. Okay. Uh, and I think one of them might be the second question. <laughs> well, let me ask you what you're drinking. Uh, I am drinking a uh, Hofbrau Oktoberfest. Oh yes. Oh, I picked up one of the five liter mini kegs of it today. Nice. Yeah, nice. I, I go through like four a, a, a fall. Yeah, it's, don't judge me. I, I don't. It's so yummy. It's yeah, so it's 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 perfect. It's beautiful. I, it's I'm my so favorite excited. Oktoberfest. Yeah, no question. Yeah, it's really really good. Nice. Really really good. What about you? Uh, I've got uh, an oldie but a goodie, an old favorite, uh, Young's Double Chocolate Stout. Mm. Yeah. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Yeah, it's a uh, it's hitting the spot. It's a uh, it's got the widget in it, so it's nitrogenated and it's going down quite smoothly. That that sounds lovely. I wish that that sounded like a beer to have on th- this past weekend's evening. Oh man, I've done a little bit of outside drinking uh, in the past week. Yeah, I, I have a swing out on my patio now, nice. like a little covered swing. So uh, I've gone out and listened to the dulcet tones of Vin Scully. Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta start scheduling some Scully time because we're almost. You have there. to. It's it's, yeah, it's Scully's over. gone. Like he's he's gone. Like I this know. is it. I know. So uh, I've had a little time outside on the patio by myself uh, with a beverage and uh, Vin Scully, and it's been as magical as you can imagine. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've got to find a way to catch his 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 final broadcasts a little bit. Yeah. So good call. Well, on um, I feel like I'm just putting this out there. I feel like we need questions music. Oh, you mean like an intro or something? Like, yeah, some sort of intro to the questions segment. Very brief, but like some some set of tones that we could play to be like, question segment. I know a guy. I, I'm hoping that guy's listening to this episode. Who was in a band yes. called the Crimson Electric. And their They're intro and pretty good. is pretty awesome. Um, I... Uh, I, I almost want to just get re- dub uh, Donna phone message, phone message, like to be the question segment thing like that. Nice. Kind of thing. I don't know why. Anyway. Uh, all right. Questions. The first one we got is from. So do you know anything about the Worthquake uh, Adam Rubin thing that apparently happened? Because I was not paying attention. Um, I know who Adam Rubin is. Yeah. Apparently, um, he said something about a earthquake being hit that wasn't by Jason Worth, and people got mad at him. That's silly. I don't know anything about it. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I is is he the one that trolled Natitude all the time? Who kept saying Natitude? Uh, it might be. That sounds right. Okay. It sounds like it would be him. Who was always like <laughs> Natitude? Am I right, guys? Yeah, that, <laughs> that might be him. That might shenanigans. be shenanigans. I love it when <clears throat> beat writers and. Sports writers complain. It's one of my favorite things. Is it really? It really is. Like the, he didn't answer our questions. He oh, didn't well, come out just, for the press conference. Man. That's just all reporters, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. It <laughs> it's a bit of an is. epidemic right now. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Look how hard my life is. I cover sports right. for a living. Um. <laughs> we're we're moving on, Beard. Don't worry. We're not going to get you in a full rage about the Worthquake debate. You you were almost certainly right, and I'm sure that Steve was too. Um, so f- our first real question is from Fang, and it is, what is your take on 40-man rosters in September? Uh, too many or too few? And the um, follow-up, what was the most random September call-up? 
goodness. I don't think any of them were random. I don't think so either. I think they were all really predictable. I think they were predictable, and they, I think they were all necessary. I mean, within the rules, of course. Right. Um, I don't think there's a single one that didn't make sense. No. I mean, you're going to have four extra bullpen arms. You're going to have a mix of righties and lefties. You're going to have infield help. You're going to have outfield help. You're going to have a third catcher. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the one name that I could put out there is because he kind of came out. Matt Latos was a little random. Like the fact that I know they promised it to him. So like, I get it. And they wanted to keep him in case, but it was still, you know, it's like, okay, like we, we don't really have a starting pitching problem right now. But we're going to call him up anyway. That was a little weird. Yeah, I but, guess that's a good one. Um, one that was interesting, uh, a move that was interesting, Matt Dendecker. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. Because Matt of Latos, course. he was kind of released to make room for Matt Latos. Yeah. And Sean Burnett. So I thought that was an interesting move. Um, man, that guy just disappeared. Yeah, you feel bad for the kid because when when that move was made... Uh, was for Blevins, right? Yes. And it, it was a... There was some general confusion, I think, because, you know, the Nationals need left-handed pitching, and Den Decker was, like, up and down with the Mets for a while and didn't really stick around, but he was under club control for so long, so it was kind of like you get... Oh, well, here's your fourth, fifth outfielder who's a lefty. Yeah, exactly. And so you're like, oh, he's good. He, he's got some speed, good defensively, uh, showed some success for, around. And then... All of a sudden, Michael Taylor, who's struggling, gets called up instead of Dendecker, and then Dendecker gets outrighted. And then, no one picks him up on waivers. Yeah, cleared waivers. <laughs> Which is, like, the worst thing in the world. So he gets assigned to Syracuse. And so now he's not even on the 40-man roster anymore. So if they do decide to, that they want to use him at some point, they've got to make room for him then. So he's, like, he's further away from the major leagues than he was when he was with the Mets before the trade. I mean... I feel bad for the kid, honestly. It's and he's like no longer young. Yeah, he's twenty nine. Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of unfortunate factors going for him right now, uh, and I, I I genuinely feel bad for him. I uh, hopefully either a he gets dealt as a piece in some sort of deal that he can go someplace else and get some major league playing time. But even still, he's going to have to be put on a forty man roster somewhere. Um, because he's not currently. So, yeah, I don't know. I just feel bad for him. I, I wonder if there's something else going on there that we don't know about, um, injury-related or something. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, good call on that. Um, so he just, just Feng also just asked general take on 40-man rosters in September. Anything too many, too few? Any more things to add on 40-man stuff? I think it's just too many. I mean, yeah. it's a different game than what we've been seeing for five months and what we're going to see in October. It's just... So it's do you different. think that rosters should not be expanded? Um, I think here's here's uh, Craig Fixes Baseball uh, mm-hmm. segment. Craig Fixes Baseball. Um, I think that teams should have to pick an 18-man roster every single day. These are your available players for the day. Oh, nice. Um, and I think that the quote 25 man should be 26. And so the 18 man roster, what do you mean by an 18 man roster? I think at the beginning of each, uh, like when you release your lineup for the day or whatever, you should say, these are the 18 players I'm going into the game with, and you can only use those 18 players. Okay. 
And then out of 20, but you have, you have 26 guys total instead of 40. Yes, that that is a way uh, to appease the players' union. Here, we're going to give you 30 extra members of your union. So how does that work with uh, modifying the 25-man roster? You're talking just in September. No. You're, oh, this is, this is you're talking about all year. Yeah. Got it. Nice. I like it. I like it. I mean, I think it would be more interesting. It would it would be more strategic. Yeah. Um, and because I just September baseball is so weird. Yeah, it's totally. Oh, that's not good for anybody. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, so I'm distracted now. That Strasburg's being spoken to by a trainer. Um, so yeah, and I, he's coming out. Oh God. Oh no 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 no. Okay. Yeah, this went off the rails, unfortunately. Well, that's a shame. Okay, well, let's pretend that didn't happen and move on with the show. Uh, it's okay, Joe. I can't even focus on what's happening right now. Uh, Craig fixes baseball. Oh, yeah, Craig fixes baseball. That's an interesting uh, interesting decision, actually. The I like the idea of setting per-game rosters. I also... Uh, that's a DH conversation. I don't want to do that now. Um, <laughs> but I'm uh, leaving the 40 man roster thing. Um, it, I, I don't like the idea of 40 man rosters expanding for one month of the year, like you said, because it just changes the rule and that really sucks. Um, but I'm turning the TV off now, so let me know if anything big happens. Yeah. Um, but the. Um, I like the idea that the 40-man roster exists as a construct that and these are the guys that could become major leaguers on a day's notice without having to make a larger move. Yeah. I, I like that construct. Um, I, so basically you would – then you ah, – that's a really interesting idea <laughs> because then you're not sitting five starting pitchers on your roster because you only need one. And yep. then you have more room to build pitching. But you can see that I eliminated more than just the five or the four other pitchers from the lineup. Right, right. Yeah, you're all you're working generally smaller. You're, what, seven fewer guys. Yep. So, yeah, very interesting. Yep, Craig fixes baseball. That is pretty cool. If you have any thoughts on Craig fixes baseball, please tweet it with the hashtag. Tweet at NatsTalkOnTheGo. Uh, on Twitter with the hashtag Craig Fixes Baseball. I would be very interested to hear what everybody's thoughts are on that, to be totally honest with you, uh, because it's it's real different, but it's not bad. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's, that's what I would do uh, all year instead of just September. I think September is ridiculous and stupid. Yeah, it's, it's just different. And I like seeing the players, but it's just it's not the same game. Yeah, it's a, you're playing a different game in September when, when in reality you probably need to be playing the same game just as much, if not more, to get guys ready. So, uh, yeah, interesting. And then you're getting yeah. everybody on a level playing field. I like it. I like, I like the thought. I'm going to think about it more. Um, cool. Next question. Yes. While we hate everything and want to die. Yeah, I'm moving beyond the, uh, the, the abusive Mets fans questions. I'm not, I don't want to deal with that today. Sorry, those of you who asked them. Um, Fang wants to know, uh, which do you enjoy more irrespective of pending playoff implications, spring, summer, or fall baseball and why? Good question. Wait, you're going to have to repeat that question. 
Which do you enjoy more, irrespective of pending playoff implications, spring, summer, or fall baseball? Spring. What? A, why, why spring? Because uh, it's so cold, and baseball signals the arrival of summer. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's very joyous. Every team is still in it, regardless of how crap your team is. The anticipation of yes. is what does it for me. It's the... It's the, like... You're, you're building up, like you said, like the Cherry Blossom Festival happens usually right before the season starts. And so it's like spring is literally blooming in D.C. And then you have, you know, the season starts and the pomp and circumstance surrounding that. And everybody's got a chance. There's always going to be one or two teams that you go, that team, really? And it's like, it's just like that. But everybody starts the same way. It's great. Um, the, I There are a lot of times, even being as huge of a baseball fan as I am, that that midsummer baseball is unwatchable to me. I, I, I will go through phases of midsummer where I just like do not watch several games in a row just cause I, I can't, I can't get into it at some point cause it's 162 games is too fucking many. It's too many games. Too yeah. many games. Is this hashtag Joe fixes baseball? Yes. Shorten the damn season. Yes. So stupid. And start, what, what are we talking? How much start in April and in, end in September. First of all, start October baseball should start in October. The regular season shouldn't go into October. That's dumb. Um, and I don't know, a week or two, it should be shorter. Uh, maybe, you know, give the guys an extra day off every once in a while so they don't play 20 games in a row. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, they're just, it, it's going to make, when they're not that tired, it's going to make the game more entertaining. There, there's a way that you could fix baseball, Rob Manfred, without, you know, being an idiot. So, yeah, that's my Joe Fixes Baseball. <laughs> right. Nice. And just to be clear, our uh, new streaming is live.natstalkonthego.com? Yeah. Okay. Live.natstalkonthego.com. Um, Fang also asked, best and worst ceremonial first pitch that we've seen? Um... I know In my words for sure. Uh, as as Guzman would say, take your uh, take the construct of the question as you want. Um, uh, the best was probably earlier this season. Uh, I saw a couple of injured police officers uh, throw out the first pitch. It was the uh, colleagues of the woman that was killed in Prince William County. Oh yeah, earlier this year, and that one was really cool. It was really powerful. All that. Um, I can't think of any others that have really stuck out, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I'm. I will say best just because you, it, it, for some reason, my memory just jogged to it. Uh, the Ledecky Harper thing was awesome. Yeah, uh, that was really. I wasn't there for it, but it was awesome. Uh, I, I think the worst pitch that I've uh, that I've ever seen uh, watching the game was uh, President Obama's. Unfortunately, it was. Oh yeah, really bad. Really bad. Uh, wearing the the White Sox cap, too. I mean, it was just bad all around. I mean, funny, but it was not a good pitch. Um, the Dan wants to know who on the team we think would be the best neighbor. And I love Dan's questions. It's such a Midwest <laughs> question. So good. So good. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I go back to this point a lot. I want to live next to and know Max Scherzer deeply. Yeah. So... I not even and his wife obviously, uh, yeah they're wonderful so I will pick them. 
Okay. Um, uh, I think maybe I'd pick Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, that's a good one. Just because he's rich. Yeah. He's boring. And <laughs> he was just on Treehouse Masters. Or yeah, Treehouse. that thing looked cool. Kids treehouse thing, and he built his daughter a fifty thousand dollar treehouse. Yeah, that'd be good. So, so is what you're saying? If you lived next to him, things would be going well for you. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, Baby Mac would play with his kids, and they would be best friends. Fair. Which Fair. means I could hang out with Ryan Zimmerman. All right, that works. I like that. So good pick. I'd say Ryan Zimmerman because, and you know, he's not going to be throwing ragers. He's not going to be. Speeding around the neighborhood like Jason Worth. Yeah, that's true. Well done. Uh, well done. He's not going to be... Go back to jail. He's not going to be wearing a cowboy hat everywhere like Danny Espinosa. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would, ha- I would feel obligated to wear a cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's fair. I like that. I like that. Um, all right. We've got a series of questions and comments from Michelle, so we'll dig into those. Okay. When uh, Joe Ross comes back, who gets cut? Very good question. Um, because, just to clarify, uh, Joe Ross is on the 60-day disabled list. Yes, uh, which means he does not count. Which means he doesn't count on the 40-man roster, which means somebody's going to have to go away in order for Joe Ross to return, even if it happens in September. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a very good question. Do you have any idea? It's a good question. I, I, I thought about it, and I don't know how it looks. There's a lot of factors. I think I think the easiest decision is Latos. Um but also the team kind of promised him they wouldn't. Yeah. So it puts him in a tough spot where if the team cuts him because they don't really have any other options and they need to bring that bring Joe Ross back. Um, and by the way, that's the reason I think almost certainly that Joe Ross is still pitching at in the high A playoffs. <laughs> it's because like okay, yeah, he can get some work up here too. But you know, you, we got to keep Matt Latos around. He's going to get some starts down there, so that's going to be good because he's not going to get starts up here right now probably. Although that might be changing. Um, but I think it has to be Latos or, or Burnett. I don't really think there are any other viable options. Yeah. Um, maybe they find an agreement with Latos where they can do something. It just kind of, it's, it would be unfortunate for Latos because that is the end of his season immediately as soon as he's released. So, um, cause he can't get picked up any place else and do anything where while with the nationals, he might still have a chance to make a, make a roster somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Latos is probably the safe bet, Michelle. I agree with you. Um, speaking of Sean Burnett, how awesome was it to see him back? Very. I'm going yeah. to very. Uh, yeah, he looks good. Um, he's still got the little crooked hat, and he's got the weird-looking face. Yep. I like his face a lot. It's a good face. Yeah, it's a good face. It's a it's a good hat. It's all, he's, it's all good. He's throwing well. Yeah. I, I You hope that he you see him... I wouldn't hate seeing him around in October. Yeah. He's he's fresher than a lot of those lefties out there. Um, next question for Michelle. Did Gio just pitch himself onto the roster for round one? for the National Onto League? the roster? Yeah, uh, oh, sorry. Off the roster for round yeah. one. I don't, read, I don't read so good. I don't really think he was on the roster. You don't, you don't think he was making the playoffs? I don't. Okay. I don't know if he has recently done it or if he will do it. 
but I do not believe he will. Uh, does that make sense? You don't. You don't believe that that Gio Gonzalez will be on the NLDS roster. Correct. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure if this last start was the reason, or you know, if it's every other start that way for a while. Yeah. yeah, if it's every other start, or if it's the future starts to come. Yeah. Um, I think if you have a healthy Joe Ross, he will be there. No question. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think well, I think Joe Ross will be there in some capacity, no matter what, as long as he's I playing. agree. Um, I I still think there's a chance to see Gio on that roster. I I don't think he's done it yet. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's happened yet or if it is going to be happening. Yeah, <clears throat> um, but it's it's not good. Yeah, he's not he's not pitching so well, unfortunately. Um, p- pick the pick your bench. Uh, Michelle asks, I assume she means for the playoffs in the context. Uh, she has Lobatone, Heisey, uh, Robinson, and Revere all as locks. Who else stays? Well, I agree with your locks. Yeah, I agree with your locks as well. Um, I think Stephen Drew, if he's healthy. Yeah, Stephen Drew is the answer. And yeah. he just got activated today. So you would assume well, that he go. is healthy and will probably be on the postseason roster. Uh, Coda Glover, let's just fawn all over him. Yes, here's the opportunity. Good. Yeah, uh, our good friend of the pod, um, Ryan Sullivan, Nats GM, just did a great scouting on Coda Glover. This, I don't know how much you're familiar with his story. It's amazing. Like, this guy was in, like, I think it was low A to start the season. Yes, he, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he was at, no. Yeah, Hagerstown to start. Yeah, low A to start the season this year. Oh, I'm sorry, Potomac, Potomac, Potomac. I can't read. Okay, Potomac to start the season this year. And here he is pitching very, very well at the major league level. This is a guy who has never been on a top 30 list, a top 100, a top 200 list. Yep. Um, He was, I want to say, an eighth round pick and really has just come out of nowhere. Yep, eighth round pick last season. Yeah. And he's really just come out of nowhere and kind of learned a couple things, honed a couple pitches, and really, I don't, I don't know if you can credit the Nat Scouts or if you have to credit the, I guess, organization developmental team, if that's a thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, he's been a hell of a find for the Nationals, and um, he's been great so far. Uh, hope it continues. He unlike Gio, might be pitching his way onto the playoff roster. Yeah, I, I, there's a chance, and I never thought that was going to be possible, to be honest with you. But He's getting <clears throat> meaningful appearances. Yeah, I think that's just they're testing him out for it. They're saying, hey, you're, get, you're getting some high-leverage situations. How, let's see how you do, because we might need some bullpen arms. So I, I'll be interested to see what, uh, what, what Coda continues to do. I... I don't think he makes the postseason roster personally, um, but I think that he's more in the conversation than I thought he was going to be after he was up for a week, and that's saying something. Uh, Michelle also says that Trevor Gott was impressive the other night. Kind of surprised we haven't seen him this year. Yeah, I thought it was interesting we didn't too, um, considering he was on the 40-man roster all year and that we never got the opportunity to see him even though the Nationals needed some bullpen arms throughout the year. I mean, Coda Glover got called up before Trevor Gott, and Trevor Gott was the, was the piece in the Unel Escobar trade. I'm pretty sure Trevor Gott did spend some time on the disabled list this year. Oh, did he? 
I'm pretty sure you might want to fact check me. Okay. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that this guy who I, I think you and I both thought he was going to be on the opening day roster. Oh yeah, I, I was I was sure of it. <laughs> uh, don't see him until September call-ups. Just just really interesting. So yeah, interesting. Uh, but young guy with a lot of control, so no reason to rush it. Yeah. No reason to rush the situation. Um. And then Michelle asks for the rest of the season, what uh, is the over-under on the number of pitchers used per game Dusty loves expanded roster? Well, I will also say, so did Matt Williams. Yeah. When, when Matt Williams had expanded rosters in 2014, every, I remember having a conversation on this podcast going, oh my God, Matt Williams figured out how to use relief pitching. <laughs> yes, we actually did have that conversation. We had that exact conversation. Like, oh my God, he has more guys, and all of a sudden he knows how to use relief pitching. And then he went back went to the playoffs and went back God, to the, the playoffs were so man. bad. And then it was like, oh no, he he didn't know. He just, when he had a bunch of guys, he just kind of used a bunch of guys. Yeah. Um, this is how, as we've alluded to, this is how September baseball works. You you When you have the leeway to use as many pitchers as you want, I mean, most people can do that. <laughs> It's it's when you have seven guys out there and you have to pick what guys to use in what situations when your starter can't finish five innings. That's what makes it really hard. Um, and so, yeah, I, I so over under a number of pitchers used per game, I'm, I'm guessing average, I don't know, four or five. Wow, okay. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to set the over under at five and a half. Okay. That's, I think that's fair. I mean, it could, yeah. be, it could be higher. Yeah. So, uh well, let's put the difference. Let's call it five. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I think that's where the over underline, and you'd have to pick your bet. Yeah, exactly. Pick your bet. over. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Jonathan asks, two of the Cardinals, Giants, and Mets are going to be in the wild card game. Which one are you rooting against most? Good question. Um, what about you? What do you think on this? Uh, I... Probably the Giants. You're rooting against the Giants? Yeah, because Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Um, I, I, really any of them. I, I, I don't have... You're rooting against all of them. Yeah, I don't have any team there that I want to see more or less, I don't feel like. Um, I, I would rather not have to play any of those teams in a championship series. Yeah. So, I... At some point, you're going to have to p- play somebody if you make it there. So, um, I think I, I have to root more against the Mets. Right, D- division. That yeah. would be that would be an ugly championship series. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll go with I'll go with Giants just because, you know, twenty. Yeah, I think of the three, the most I would like to see succeed is probably the Giants, just because I like D span and I generally like. Outside of the Nationals being eliminated by the Giants in their last playoff appearance um, and them winning every World Series in an even year since the Hoover administration. <laughs> nice. Um, Good pull. I really do like their team. I like their coach. I don't have any problems with anyone on the team. Yeah, that's a valid point. They have Hunter Pence, too. Yeah. All right, I'll change mine to the Cardinals. You convinced me. Okay, yeah. I like Hunter Pence. Because I, do, like because I do like. I do like the... The, the Gi- Well, I shouldn't say I like them. I don't hate the Giants. Right. Yeah, um, I don't hate the Giants. I don't have... Like, yes, they beat the Nationals in a playoff series, but it's like... Yeah, they just beat the Nationals yeah, in that, a playoff series. Happens. They weren't 
Yeah, there wasn't like a Pete Cosma or um, or the Mets or the Mets. <laughs> yeah, or everything about the Mets. Yeah, good call. happening. Good call. Convinced me. Yeah. Um, all right. So Fall Fang asks Fall beer recommendations for baseball watching and listening. Uh, all of them. Okay. Perfect answer. Uh, stay no pumpkin beers. No pumpkin beers. Uh, Schlafly. Okay, I was gonna say we re- Schlafly. Yeah, one so, pumpkin beer. So good. Uh, is Trinan as good from Beth? A good question. Is Trinan as good or near it as ERA would point to? What is responsible for the change from last season? Uh, uh, I think it's a great question. I I, I think that uh, Mike Maddox had a hu- made a huge difference. Uh, because I think from the beginning of the year, he saw something in Trinan and he talked about working on a changeup with them and getting him some extra pitches. Um, do I think he's as good as his ERA says? Uh, I know his peripherals numbers kind of prove that, uh, he's got a 384 FIP, which not bad, but it's not a two, a sub 2.5 ERA. Um, his strikeout rate is good. His walk rate is astronomical. Um, he walks just way too many guys. So I think that as we talked about last year when we said that Blake Trinan could be a closer type guy, he has the stuff to do that still. I don't know that that's ever going to pan out, but that could make for a really good middle reliever. And I think that he could be a really good right-handed facing middle reliever. And I think he is that, actually. It's just he walks way too many guys. He walks almost more than four batters per nine innings. So yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Anything? Yeah, else? you walks as a reliever are the just worst thing. One inning reliever walks are just brutal. Yeah, um, you really want shutdown kind of stuff. I would say coaching and experience are why he's been better. Yeah, experience that's too. It. Good call. Yeah, good call. Um, uh, he's a year older. He's been doing it a little bit longer, uh, and he's got coaches that can help. Yep. Yeah, and I think that, uh, like I said, Maddox is a big factor there. Uh, Nationals 101 wants to know, what date do we think the Nationals will clinch the NL East? Today is the 7th. Yes. I The really number I, is 16. I, is it 16? I thought it was 18. Uh, it is definitely 16. Okay, I'm going to trust you on that one because I don't look at standings. It's 16, you're right. Uh, I should have done the math on this ahead of time. Um, I'm going to say, I don't know. Let me pull up a calendar. Do you have a, do you have a date? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, it is going to be Sunday, September, excuse me, Monday, uh, September 19th. Uh, I will go with, uh, Saturday, September 17th. Nice. I was actually going to go that Sunday. Yeah, I was too, but I didn't want to be one day apart, so I decided to switch it to Sunday. Nice. Um, All right. Uh, So somebody remember that. (laughs) I'll write it down. Nice. Do it. So we can put it in the the notes. Uh, The Dan wants to know if the Mets win a wild card, will the Cubs mow them down like unkempt grass? That's an interesting metaphor, but I hope so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Cubs are really legitimately good. So the Mets seem to be held together with duct tape right now. Yeah, I the fact that they are actually winning and, and somewhat closing the gap—it's incredible because they they're just a shell of a team. 
Uh, so, and credit Terry Collins and those players because they're yeah. playing really well when they really shouldn't be. Uh, Ryan McGill asks, what surprise players do you see on the postseason roster? He says that Mike Clay Taylor is a lock for speed def- speed and defense. No? Question mark? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you got. I think with with Revere and uh, and and Turner, you got plenty of speed. Turner will be starting, obviously. But yes. Um, what about uh, what about any surprise players for you for the postseason roster? Uh, I think they're probably going to be a surprise. I think that Geo not making it is going to be a surprise for yes. a lot of people. Yeah, I think it will be too. It it will be a surprise for me. I I will I will say that if he doesn't make the postseason roster, that will be surprising. Uh, any others? Uh, I think there's going to be one or two other surprises in the bullpen. Yeah, that that's the main place. I think the main person that I could see being in the bullpen that is not currently eligible that will have to be made eligible is Sean Burnett. That he's the most likely guy, and that would be with a with a DL trip for uh, for Ali Perez. In my personal opinion. Hmm. Uh, and then the final question to end on a sad note is from Beard: Is, oh, no. is Strasburg going to be okay? No, he's not. Uh, I don't think any of us are going to be okay. No. Yeah, that's sorry for my like minute and a half of pure distraction. At which point I had to turn my television off because that's terrible. It. Yeah. I mean, he threw that pitch and he just went right for the elbow, man. <laughs> yep. He just went right for the elbow. I yep. I laugh because otherwise I'll cry. Yeah, brace yourself. Shutdown hot takes are coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awful. It's They're coming. Be... Yeah. This is. These are the things that I've been off of Twitter for for a while. I've been very active on there because I just I can't take the hot takes, and they're getting worse. Um. Well, on that sombre note, uh, anything else that you want to shout about before we uh, play the outro stuff? Um, I am sad. I am also sad. I was so excited about having Strasburg in his changeup back that I tweeted about it. And, wop. It's your fault. It is my fault. <clears throat> it's always my fault. There are no such things as jinx. And on that note, uh, that does it for this episode of Nat's Talk on the Go. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will catch you all next week. And as after the Nationals clinch uh, the postseason officially... We will let you in on our fun postseason plans. But until then, uh, thanks for listening to episode 133 of Nats Talk on the Go, and we will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash specialops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats! <laughs>